I tend to end up eating a lot of my pizza. That might say something about me, but that is one strategy, right? Welcome to Cardboard and Wine, episode 13. I'm Mamie. And I'm Josh. Grab a glass, pull up a chair, and let's talk about some games. Today on the show, we discuss the game that always makes us hungry, New York Slice. Hey, we said hold the anchovies. So, Josh, did you see the wine that I put in front of you today? Yeah, I think something's wrong with this red wine. Did you dilute it out? <laughs> this one is another rosé. I know, but... You can tell who's picking the wine for the show. Well, it's summer, but this isn't just any ordinary rosé. This is actually the Josh rosé. Oh, so I should like this one. Exactly. I thought maybe you would like a rosé if it had your name on it. Well, we can try it. Yeah, I think I liked that one we had a few episodes ago. That one was pretty good. See, and we like these Josh wines. We've actually gotten several bottles of different Josh wines in the past. It's kind of a cool novelty to bring wine when we go places that has your name on it. They have them at Target. And they have them pretty much everywhere. It's a pretty good wine at a decent price. Okay, well, let's try the Josh Rosé. Okay, take a sip and let me know what you think. Hmm. Are we using the cardboard and wine rating scale? Okay, sure. I think I might put this one at a two. Oh, come on. Wine in a box. So let me tell you a little about this wine first. Tell me about it. It comes from the rugged volcanic vineyards in the red hills of Lake County, California. Mm. Um, and this is from winemaker Joseph Carr, and he named this after his father. His name was Josh, I presume. Well, actually, <laughs> his name was Joseph. What? But apparently his friends called him Josh. I'm going to stick with it, too. <laughs> okay, I, I, I admit it's not the best wine we've ever drunk, but I think it's at least a three. I will say that I have enjoyed some of the other um, Josh red wines that we had. So, you know, I mean, it's one of those things. Uh, Rosé is not my favorite in general. Now this one, I'm not sure about for me. It's nice and crisp. And it is it's cold. It's dry. It's not sweet. That's true. We don't have to like the same things. That's true. That's true. I think we may disagree about the game today. So, Oh, foreshadowing. Oh, da-da-da. Mamie, I did want to mention we have been really excited to hear from a growing number of listeners. Uh, I've been tracking our listening stats, and it's been going up. Yay! Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. We're still a relatively new podcast, under a year, so it's really, really exciting every time we see new listeners or we hear from you through an iTunes review or a message on Board Game Geek or an email. So um, certainly if you like the show, keep those coming because we really enjoy it. Um, I did want to mention that we are on Patreon. A lot of you probably are familiar with Patreon, but it's a way people who want to Support people who create content can do that. So if that's something you're interested in doing, uh, we are on Patreon. And if you'd like to support the show, you can visit patreon.com slash cardboard and wine, or you can click the become a patron button on our website. And if you do, we will send you one of our cool cardboard and wine buttons. And we will be able to buy better wine. <laughs> please, click the, <laughs> please click on the patron button. This wine please, is delicious. Please, for my sake. All right, Mamie. Wow, we've been playing a lot of games lately. Uh, what, what have we been up to game-wise? We have. I am so happy that all of our travel is over. We are officially now for a week. We've all been home, and it's summer, and there's not as much going on, and so we've been able to get in quite a bit of gaming. Yeah, I'm actually impressed. You know, there was a three-week span in the month of July 
that our entire family was all together for one day. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so actually, I'm, I'm really surprised to see how many games we've played. I know some of that was Dice Tower Con, yeah. uh, but we have been playing a lot of games in the last week or two. Definitely. With it being summer, I've been playing a lot with the kids. We're, you know, we're home during the day for the most part, and we've started spending a decent amount of that time playing games. They are huge fans of Strike. Yeah, that was one we, we recently got. I think that one, I think I had to order it. Or I ordered it from Amazon, but it actually came from France. Yeah, it came with a customs declaration, which is always fun. Uh, and I think the kids have played it every single day since we got it. They are really, really into Strike. We've also played King of Tokyo and King Domino. Those are some of their favorites. And today, we even broke out Sagrada, and I started teaching them a little bit deeper level of Sagrada than we've played before. Yeah, they told me. Fun. Yeah, I took them out for ice cream this evening, and they told me that they got to use the secret color card. They did this time. So they did. We're going one level deeper every time we play. Yeah, they really enjoy it. And we've played some games. You know, I've played some games. We played some games together and with our game group. And and you know, Mamie, I religiously log my board gaming stats on the BG Stats app which I'm sure some of our listeners also use. I know some of them do. And I was looking at it the other day, and do you know that I've played more games this month than any other month? That's amazing. I would say that Dice Tower Con definitely had a hand in that. That was, that, was that was part of it. four days of just playing games. That's true, but I have so far, and there's still a couple of days left, played 82 games this month. Different games or 82 total? 82 total games, and I think that was uh, 33 different games. That's amazing. That is amazing. And along along the lines of games, uh, after Dice Tower Con, we did purchase a few new games. <laughs> Just a few. I think the boxes came for like a week afterwards. Yeah, the final, Some of them with customs declarations. That's true. And the final one of those shipments arrived this week from Germany, and it was my copy of The Mind and Illusion. Yeah, that's a, that's a big title right now, The Mind. Yeah, so both of these, for anyone who hasn't heard, are... Just simple card games, and they're from the same designer. They were both, uh, they're card games from Wolfgang Warsh. And I think The Mind is actually going to be published very soon by Pandasaurus Games. And that should be out, I think, in August in the U.S., but of course I couldn't wait. And the other reason I actually went ahead and ordered it was at Dice Tower Con, Edward from Heavy Cardboard was the one game I got to play with him and a few folks at the Heavy Cardboard meetup was he broke out Illusion, which is a card game by the same designer as The Mind. And that one is not published in the U.S. You can only get that one from Germany. So I figured if I was going to order an Amazon, a German Amazon order... You might as well get two. Might as well. And, and actually, for anybody, I know there's been a lot of discussion. Um, the Mind is a hot game right now, and I think the production in the U.S. has been delayed. And so a lot of people have been fretting that a little bit. I will say ordering from Amazon... Germany is really pretty easy. Uh, you can log in with your usual Amazon account as long as you either speak German or use a web browser that will translate for you. It was pretty cheap. I think the whole shipment was like 15 bucks and came in two or three weeks. I can't remember. I've actually played The Mind quite a bit in the last week. We've played it together a couple of times. I know you have also taken it to work and played it. It is very interesting. Both it and Illusion are really interesting. Yeah, super fun games. I think we will actually do an episode on those two games together because, again, they're fairly simple card games. But I think they both fall into this, why didn't I think of that camp? Just so so simple but so clever. 
Yeah, definitely. We'll have to give those a little bit more time. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, I did play The Mind with some coworkers. One thing that I, that I had been thinking about starting up for a while with one of my coworkers, Jeff, who is a member of our regular game group, is a Friday lunchtime uh, gaming session in our office. And so we actually did that for the first time uh, this Friday. And we played, in addition to a couple rounds of The Mind, we played number nine, uh, and that was a big hit. Uh, Jeff and I both brought in our copies and we actually played, I think we had like six players or something and sat around in the, around the table in the office and played number nine. It was a lot of fun. That is awesome. And also um, talking about lots of people playing games uh, this weekend, I had an opportunity to go to a terraforming Mars party. So what exactly is a terraforming Mars party? Uh, Well, I have a friend, my friend Andy really likes the game terraforming Mars. Ironically, he doesn't own the game Terraforming Mars. <laughs> oh, so that's why you got invited. Uh, probably. Uh, but he has <laughs> friends who do. And so he invited about, I think there were nine people who came over, and we had two simultaneous games ah, of Terraforming okay, Mars. That makes sense. I was trying to figure out how on. nine people played Terraforming Mars. Yeah, we had a game of five and a game of four. And, and it was pretty fun. It was, it was really great. Did the champions then play against each other? Uh, well... I think about three hours had gone by, and so <laughs> that was not going to happen. The other thing that we've been playing quite a bit that we ordered right after Dice Tower Con is Zulkin. Um, that's the Mayan calendar game that has different cogs that you rotate, and it is super fun. We had played it as a two-player, and then we broke it out again uh, as a three-player last night. Super fun game. I really like it. Yeah, that game is one that I've been wanting to try for a while, and... Yeah, just a really neat game. I mean, if you like worker placement games, it is one, but it adds the extra interesting element of the fact that the action spaces are on these gears that you mentioned, and each round, the central gear turns, which then turns all of the outer gears, and so your little action pawn actually moves a space every round. And so there's not only deciding where you want to put your guy, but there's a whole timing element of, oh, well, how far do I want to let him rotate? I need to time it so he rotates to the right spot. So when I take him off, I get that action. Uh, really interesting. Yeah, and it's not a very long game. You know, that the wheel goes one full rotation and that's the end. It's, a you know, a year. And I think we'll have to talk about... But the about, game does not take an actual year. No, the game doesn't... At, what do we think, 90 minutes yeah, with three a, players? Yeah, we played a three-player game right at 90 minutes. And you and I played a two-player game in just a little over an hour. So, yeah. you know, I would imagine it is the type of game that every player you add just adds time on. So a four-player game, probably an hour 45, I would say. But for a game of its weight, uh, there's some heavy decision-making. And so um, it feels like a good, uh, quick play for the depth of the game, I thought. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one we will have to play some more and probably have a show about in the near future. We should probably get on to our game of the week this week, which is another game that we ordered just after Dice Tower Con. All right, let's get into it. New York Slice is a pizza-themed set collection game from Bezier Games, published in 2017. On a player's turn, they assemble a pizza using 11 randomly chosen slices Then they slice the pizza into the same number of sections as there are players. Starting with the player to the left of the slicer, each person chooses which section they will take into their collection. Therefore, the slicer gets to choose how to divide the pie 
but gets the leftovers. Once you take a section of pizza, you can either keep the slices in front of you, trying to collect the majority of each type of pizza, represented by the photorealistic toppings on the slice, or you can choose to eat slices immediately, indicated by flipping them upside down and scoring points based on the number of pepperonis on the slice. Each round also contains a rule-bending special tile that one player will collect along with their section of pizza. After all the slice tiles have been chosen, each player will score points based on pizza types where they have a majority, plus the number of pepperonis eaten during the game. The most points is the winner. So I had never heard of this game, but you stumbled upon it. Yeah, this was a game that wasn't really on my radar at all. Uh, but one day, I don't know what, this might have been you were taking a nap or probably or doing something. Seems appropriate. And so I was just wandering aimlessly around the exhibitor hall, which is actually a fairly dangerous thing to do. That's <laughs> um, why we ended up with so many new games. <laughs> that is true. And actually, there was someone who was demoing games for Bezier Games, and they were just starting a game of New York Slice, and they needed another player. So they called me over because it was obvious I was not doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and... You know, I really was drawn in by these photorealistic slices of pizza. And it really, on the table, it is a really interesting looking game. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, I played it and it plays pretty quick. And really, I was surprised by some of the interesting decision making um, involved in the gameplay. And I also noticed it was not a super expensive game. I looked it up. It was about $20 on cool stuff. And so I decided to pick it up. Yeah, and my first play of the game was actually after it had already arrived at our home, and I had been traveling, and it was the night that Kristen first came over to play with us. Um, Interesting side note, I was on a work trip for about a week, and um, there were a bunch of new teachers to my school on the trip, and on the last night, one of these new teachers mentioned that he likes games. And, you know, I'm always a little cautious when people say they like games. You know, they might like Monopoly. Uh, so I ask him, you nothing know, wrong with Monopoly. no, nothing wrong with Monopoly. Uh, but I ask him, you know, what kind of games have you played? And he mentioned playing Dominion and Terraforming Mars. Oh, the, I should have invited him to our Terraforming Mars exactly, party. Exactly. He would have liked it, except he's still in Seattle. But then I knew he was legit, right? Like if you played Terraforming Mars, you're pretty legit. And I found out, turns out he and his wife are still in the moving process. He's still living in Seattle. But she was here and kind of bored, hanging out in North Carolina by herself. So I invited her over to play games, and the, that was the first time that we played New York Slice. I'm always super excited when I find new gaming friends. Yeah, so if you are a new gaming friend uh, in the North Carolina area, you should hit us up. Yeah, we would love to play games with you. Let's talk a little bit about the components, those components of New York Slice. Yeah, I mean, the components make this game. It has really, really cool components. As Josh mentioned, the theme is around pizza, and every single component of the game fits that theme. The box opens like a pizza box. The rule book reads like a menu. The score sheet looks like a guest check. I mean, it's it's adorable. The main component of the game is, as Josh said, those cardboard pizza slices. There's 69 of those, and they're printed to look like real pizza. Like, I was anticipating pizza, but I was thinking cartoon pizza. Yeah, a lot of games, you know, have, like, obvious cartoony drawings, but this is photorealistic pizza. Yeah. I mean, the anchovies, meh, but everything else is really photorealistic. uh, Obvious clip art. Yeah. And then there are, you know, there are 14 special cards, and those are really cool. They follow the theme. They include things like stuffed crust or anchovy lover or leftovers. And I mean, I think 
it's maybe one of the most cohesively themed games I've ever played. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the theme is just so well done throughout really every component, especially, you know, when I was playing at Dice Tower Con and, you know, we got through the game and that was fun. But then when the uh, the woman who was demoing it pulled out that guest check pad to do the scorekeeping, I You're was like, sold. Oh, that's oh, yeah. awesome. I was sold at that point. And I'll mention too, that score pad not only looks cool, but the way it's laid out makes a ton of sense and actually makes scoring the game um, really easy. You probably don't even know that, maybe because I think no, I have you always, always scored the, the game because I enjoy writing on the guest pad. You know, I always, <laughs> I always wanted to be a waiter. Like that was a job that I always wanted to try. I, I, in high school and college, I always did retail. So maybe there's a little bit of that. It's just you know, I never wanted to be a waiter. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's why that's you don't why do I don't the, want guest the guest check. check. I right. hand it over to you. That's right. Go for it. Uh, and, you know, one other thing I want to say about the components that I think is just amazing uh, with the production of this game is that not only do the tops of the tiles look really cool, like pizza, different types of pizza, but the back of the pizza tiles looks like crust. Like it actually looks like the underside of pizza on every tile, which is actually important because one major component of the game are flipping these tiles upside down, and they very easily could have just made them plain cardboard, but they're not. They look like photorealistic crust. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing. You know, if you're hungry... The game makes you want to order pizza. It really does. That's actually <laughs> no, we've true. had that discussion several times when playing. So let's let's talk a little bit about the gameplay. And I just want to, in the intro about the game, I talked a little bit about this, but just to break down how it works, and, and actually how it works is pretty easy to grasp. So one of the game mechanisms that really drew me to the game, and I think is totally awesome, is is actually not just awesome for this game, but is awesome for parenting. Yeah. I've started using this in parenting. It's a great strategy. And that is the uh, the person who divides up the pizza is the last person to choose the section they get. All right. So if you're the slicer, uh, this provides some really interesting decisions. So you want to think, you do want to think about what you want, what you hope to get, but you're the last to pick. So if you make any section too appealing, it's certainly going to get snatched up. And so I've mentioned that there are different pizza types, you know, like there's veggie pizza and cheese pizza. And, and the amazing ham and pineapple pizza. Uh, yeah, the Hawaiian pizza is there too. Um, but I should mention all of the different types of pizza also have a large, very easy to read number on them that range from three to 11. And so one thing that makes it easy to remember, all the th- there are three of the threes all the way up to 11 of the 11s. So it's easy for players to know when they see a slice type come out, how many of that type there are. And so at the end of the game, if you have the majority of any pizza type, you score that number of points. So if you have the most eights, you get eight points. Uh, right. But if you tie or you don't, you get no points. And so what happens is after the, the pizza is, is sliced into sections, uh, the player to the left of the slicer will choose a section. And when you choose a section, you immediately have some decisions to make. So you can either keep the slices in front of you, and so you divide them out by number so all the players can see how many of each type you have. Deciding to do that is a little bit of an investment because you're saying, all right, I think that because it is an all or nothing point scoring situation. So by leaving one face up in front of you, you're saying, I think I can get the most of the fours or I think I can get the most of the tens. However, the other thing you can do is you can immediately decide to eat a piece, which just means immediately flip it upside down. And when you do that, you will at the end of the game score a number of points equal to the number of pepperonis that are on the slice. I tend to end up eating a lot of my pizza. That might say something about me 
But that is one strategy, right? That you can choose to eat your pizza and count up those pepperonis rather than investing and trying to collect the numbers. Yeah, because these pizzas have anywhere from zero to three pepperonis. And I think typically the higher the value of the type, the more pepperonis it tends to have. So like these 11s tend to have, do they all have three? I think the 11s all have three pepperonis. So, you know, you could collect 11s and if you get the majority, you get 11 points, which is actually a lot. But if somebody ends up beating you out and you've kept four slices of 11 and somebody gets five, you get nothing. nothing. So, um, so it's just some interesting decisions there. Also, we should mention too, that there are some random anchovies floating around on some of these pieces. Nobody likes anchovies. I feel bad for the anchovy lover. They get stereotyped in this game. But you know, there is an anchovy lover special that you actually get points for the anchovies. That's true. So So there's something for everyone. That's true. And, And that actually brings up these specials. And I think these really make the game extra cool. So on your turn, besides having this pizza that you that's 11 slices that you slice up into sections, each round you flip over a random specials tile. And there are 14 of these. You won't use them all in a game. But each of these provides some kind of rule breaker or, or special consideration. And so maybe you mentioned the anchovy lover. Whoever takes that one actually gets points for anchovies. And so the person slicing, you actually put the special tile on one of the sections of pizza. So whoever takes that section gets the tile. And most of them are good, um, but actually there are a couple. I think there's like the leftover or the day-old pizza one that actually gets you negative two points. So when you're slicing the pizza, you factor in the value of the special itself when you're slicing the pizza up, which just makes it extra cool. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I'm a broken record because I say this a lot, but this is one of those games that's both simple and complex. I mean, at face value, you're just taking turns slicing and selecting slice of pizza, slices of pizza, and the object of the game is to have the most slices of any type. But it's not that easy. I mean, the slicer being the last person to select means you have to kind of balance that. And a lot of thought has to go into both how you slice and how you choose. And there's definitely an element of sabotage that comes into play. Yeah, because we should mention too, the slices and the order they come up is not known ahead of time. However, it is open information what slices every player has collected. So it's very easy to see when you're choosing how to divide the pizza, who is collecting what and how many they have. And when you're choosing, it's easy to see who really needs that 11. And maybe you decide to take it so they don't get it. And you just throw it down the gullet. You just eat it for those three pepperoni. That's right. Uh, there's some hate drafting of pizza. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mamie, what is your favorite thing about New York Slice? So, my favorite thing about this game, hands down, is the theme and the components. Like I said before, they're, every single component is tied to that theme. They're all really well done. The artwork is really nice. I, I've never seen a game so committed to the theme. And it really works for this game. Yeah, I, I agree totally. I think the theme almost makes the game even more approachable. You know, dividing pizza up makes sense because we're used to dividing pizza up uh, by slices. And even things like anchovies being negative points or some of the types of specials. You know, this is a game, if you think of the actual core mechanics of the game, this is a game that easily could be played with generic numbered cards. Like if you get the most threes, you get three points. If you get the most eights, you get eight points. You know, you're trying to collect the majority of numbers. That's pretty dry. But it's because of the theme, because of the pizza theme, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, I completely agree. But is there anything you don't like about New York Slice? Well, I think that's kind of what I don't like about it. I think 
the theme is awesome, but outside of that, I'm I'm just not sure. There's a there's a little bit of this game that my brain seems to have trouble with. I'm not quite sure why why yet, but I always have the feeling like I'm missing something that I need to understand in order to be successful. And while I feel like gameplay is, you know, not simple, I sort of feel like it's not that exciting either. The theme is beautiful. It's the theme is cool, but outside of that, I just don't think it's that fun of a game compared to other things we have in our library. Okay. That's a, I can see that. I can totally see that. You know, I maybe enjoy it a little more than you do. Um, but one thing that should be pointed out is this is not a long game. You know, this is probably, I would say a 20, 25 minute game, depending on how many players. But I'll say one thing that I actually don't like is to make the numbers work. And this is a game that the box says plays from two to six players. So that's a pretty wide range of player count. Uh, but to make the numbers work, especially with three, four, and or six players, um, you actually use all the slices. And so there will always be three that aren't used, which is important because that way you can't completely math out what exactly is coming. There's a little bit of unknown. Um, however, but one thing that's weird is if you play with five players to make the numbers work, you have to remove all the 10 slices and the 8-10 combo slice. We should have mentioned there's a few slices that are half and half um, combos. But you're having those 11 fewer slices in a five-player game, effectively there's one less round in a five-player game than at any other player count. And so when we played it with five, I thought the game was way too fast, especially because you end up getting way less slices with five players because, you know, there's five players. (laughs) And so I actually did not have a really great time playing it with five players. It just felt way rushed. So, you know, I found that I had a pretty good time playing it with three or four. Um, I don't know about six um, haven't tried it with two. It doesn't strike me that it would be I a great I'm not two-player game. Itching to play it, just the two of us. Uh, but I think I will say with three and four, I found it to be pretty fun. Five, I had some issues with it. So, you know, we usually talk about the theme of the game, but I feel like we we yeah. Uh, I mean, this certainly, one knocks the theme out of the park. Yeah, could could not be better. So, when would we break this game out, or when have we broken this game out? Well, so we have broken it out quite a bit with both casual gamers and some of our gamer friends. And, you know, I think those both of those audiences like it. I think it's definitely something that is a good kind of gateway game for casual gamers. I think even though it's really cute and it looks like it might, you know, be a good kids game, I don't know. It it says it's eight and up, and I feel like the kind of strategy that it requires would be kind of tough for our kids right now. I mean, it's kind of tough for me, but I, I think maybe in a couple years we would play it with the kids. I think our gamer friends might like it for like a warm up or, you know, in between other games. I put this pretty strongly in the casual gamer category. Yeah, you know, I could I could actually see playing this with our families um, or or even with friends who don't don't game a lot because, you know, a lot of people are pretty comfortable with, uh, you know, like a phase 10 type game where you're collecting sets of things and that makes sense. And again, the pizza thing is super approachable. So, you know, I think this game could work in a lot of different categories. This is certainly not the type of game you're going to want to sit down and play for two hours straight. But, you know, I think to start a game night out or to cool down or, you know, to play at Thanksgiving with your family. Uh, could be a fun one in that context. All right, Mamie, so we have talked quite a bit about New York Slice. Uh, as a reminder, we have our one to five wine rating scale where one is an empty bottle. 
that is dusty, broken, needs to be thrown away. A two is a two-buck chuck. Um, if you don't have anything else, it might do the trick. Three is a wine in a box. Some things you like, some things you don't like. Four would be a nice, crisp rosé. Maybe not necessarily this rosé, but <laughs> another fine rosé, uh, easy to be to enjoy regularly. You've poured a glass and you look forward to enjoying some more. And five would be a big, bold California cab that will only get better with age. Mamie, where does New York Slice fall for you? So I had a hard time with this one. Um, I honestly think it falls close to a two-buck chuck if it weren't for the amazing components wow. and the strong theme. Um, I just don't really enjoy playing it that much. You don't but, like the New York Slice. But like you said, I think it would be good with your family and you know with, with casual gamers. Um, so I, I, was, I was on the fence about that. But the design is really cool and the components are neat and... It is possible I'm just missing something that'll click at some point and make it more enjoyable. Um, so I'm going to go with a three, a wine in a box. There are really some things I like and some things I don't like. You know, the components are amazing, and I really do think that makes this game fun and makes it more approachable. So because of the theme and the components, it ekes its way into a three. Okay, that's fair. I think I'm going to give this, and we don't look at each other's rating before we do this, uh, I think I'm going to give it a four for what it is. And, and you know, I was really thinking about it and thinking about our rating scale. You know, for a three, we say there are things we like, things we don't like. There's really not a lot of things I don't like, uh, except maybe I mentioned the five-player game uh, didn't really work well. So I guess that's something. But, you know, the component's so cool. And I do think for what it is, the game works well as a warm-up or cool-down or could be a lot of fun to play with family or friends, even if they don't play a lot of games. Uh, I actually think this game would make a neat gift, especially at $20. I think it's a pretty great deal for what you get. So I think if you're looking for kind of a cool, interesting gift for somebody that maybe is a gamer or maybe just, they're not a big gamer, but they like pizza? might like games or pizza. If they like pizza. Because uh, it's just so well done. Like, it's just so interesting. We did play with our friend from New York the other day. Oh, we did? Which was fun. We did. You know, I really do kind of like that decision making of how to slice the pizza and the the thought that has to go into that and the specials to me add a lot to the gameplay from game to game. I mean, certainly it's a lighter game, but, you know, for what it is, I think it's pretty fun and the theme is, is well done. So for what it is, I'm going to give it a four. Disagree with me? No, I don't disagree with you. I just think you're so generous. You're going to have a hard time finding things that are not fours and fives. You know, I am the definition of an omni-gamer. Most of the time, I'm just happy to be playing games. That's true. Game, I mean... I, I mean, really, think about it. There are not many games that I don't like. That's true. And it's not that I don't like it, right? I didn't give it a one, but not everything can be a four. Not everything can be a four. All right, well... Some games are fives. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening to Cardboard and Wine. For show notes, links, and other fun info about the games we discuss on the show, you can visit our website at cardboardandwine.com. If you have feedback on the show or suggestions for a future show, you can send us a tweet at Board and Wine. Email us at cardboardandwine at gmail.com. Check out the games we've been playing on Instagram at Cardboard and Wine, or you can jump into our guild on Board Game Geek. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. We are still new, and it does help new listeners find the show. Until next time, cheers and happy gaming. gaming.